Wow, the anointing is so strong in this place. Well, I better be careful. I'm going to trip up here. (laughs) Glory to God. Wow. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's get right into the Word this morning here. I got a word, powerful word. John chapter 14. My. John chapter 14. And I want to look at verses 15 through 18 to start off with. Oh, my. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God is good. Amen. Amen. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, well, you know, we have gas stations all over the place. Well, our churches need to be like a spiritual gas station, right? This should be a place where you come to get filled up. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. John 14, 15 through 18. Let's get right into it here. Jesus said these words, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Isn't that powerful? I will not leave you orphans. Man, that's awesome. Now listen to this. Today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Amen? Specifically, what the direction, there's so much you could talk about with the Holy Spirit. But specifically, I want to talk about the mission of the Holy Spirit. So He is, by the way, the only part of the Godhead. He is the only part of the Trinity that is on this earth right now to help us. Are you hearing me, somebody? It's, he is pretty important. And by the way, it's not an it, it's a him, it's a he. He is a person. He has a mind. He has a will. And he sure does have emotions, right? Because the Word of God says that it's possible to grieve him. It's possible to grieve. So the Holy Spirit experiences. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they all have emotions. All right? Emotions are fine. We just got to make sure we're keeping them intact and in line with the Word. Amen? Many Christians are confused about the Holy Spirit and His role in their life. And that's why many people, they, they can't recognize when He's moving. Uh, they, they, you know, maybe in a church service or in their life, you know, you're in the grocery store, you, have a, uh, you, you feel the urge to do something. Many kind of ignore that because they don't know the function. So that's why I think it's important for us to be taught and gain an understanding of what is the mission of the Holy Spirit so we can be more in tune with Him. Amen? Amen. So we as the body of Christ, I believe this, that we have only skimmed the surface of what the Holy Spirit is able and willing to do in our life. Amen? You guys sense that too? I mean, man, there's so much more, so much deeper. There's so much to teach on the Holy Spirit. So here we go. Let's get into this. The first thing you need to know is that there is absolute unity. There's absolute agreement in the Trinity. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you know something? They've never had a disagreement. They've, you, you're right. The Father didn't say to Jesus, Jesus, I want you to go down. I want you to die on the cross. Jesus didn't say, you know, I really don't want to do that. 
There's 100%. You've got to know this. This is a foundation. There's 100% unity between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus could say these words. He said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Are you following me? He said, they said, well, can you show us the Father? Hey, how long have I been with you? He said, how long have I been with you? Listen, listen, guys, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because there's absolute unity in the Trinity. All right. And I will talk more about that in a little bit. But Jesus is the gateway that opened that relationship back up between God and mankind. Amen? He is our mediator. He is the go-between. He made a way through his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank God for the blood of Jesus, or else we wouldn't have any of these benefits. Amen? All right, so here we go. Jesus told his disciples that he would give them another comforter. Say another Here's where we find out the English language just isn't deep enough. Listen to me. Listen to this. This is powerful. Here's what you need to know what is powerful about the Greek word in the New Testament that's translated another. One Greek word means another of a different kind. The other Greek word means another of the same kind. But us in English, we just use the word another, and we got to figure out what one that is. Not in the Greek, not in Hebrew languages. Listen to me. Jesus, Jesus used the Greek word meaning another of the same kind. So here's what it means. Jesus is saying, guys, I'm going to send you the same Holy Spirit that anointed me. The same Holy Spirit that was doing miracles, signs, and wonders through me. Guess what? I'm going to send him to you. uh, Another of the same kind. This is why when you're studying the Word of God, the Word of God says study to show yourself approved. That's why it's important to look at the Hebrew words, the Greek word, how, how it's translated, and do a word study. Do a word study because it's powerful. Amen? All right, so... Um, if Jesus gave us the same Holy Spirit that anointed him, that, that was leading him, our life and ministry should look like Jesus. Oh, mic drop on that one, right? Our life and our ministry should look like Jesus. Now, I want to prove it to you with one verse. Go to John 14, 12. John 14, I can prove that one statement right there with just one verse right there. John 14, 12. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. See, I don't know about you, church, but I want to flow in the greater works. Amen. Jesus was saying this. He's saying, listen, I'm just one person on this earth. Now, you've got to remember, he ministered as a man on this earth, anointed with the Holy Spirit. He was our example. Because, listen, many people want to just say, oh, that was Jesus. How many of you heard that before? Oh, that was just Jesus. But then i got to remind them this. Uh, we are part of his body. And he said, the works that I do, you're going to do also, and you're going to do greater works. So really what he was saying is this. 
I'm just one person on here. It's expedient that I go away. I send the Holy Spirit so my works can be done all over this earth. And greater works. The works that I do and greater. Are you hearing me? It's mind-blowing, isn't it? It really is mind-blowing. But that's why I say, I think we we have just touched the surface of this thing. There's so much more. Oh, man, there's deeper waters. Amen? So he's saying, my people are going to continue doing what I did with the same Holy Ghost fire that I ignited for three years in his earthly ministry on this earth. Now, John 16 has an amazing description of the work of the Holy Spirit. Go to John 16, and I want to look at verses 5 through 15, and I'm going to break it down. Say, break it down. down. Nice. (laughs) John 16, 5 through 15 here. This is Jesus. The words are in red, and Jesus is doing the speaking here. Man, I got some some awesome revelation and insights here I'm going to share with you as we continue. So get ready. It's getting better. Listen to this. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper... The Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Let me just camp out right there. This isn't even in my notes. But the one sin that unbelievers are guilty of is this. The one sin, not believing in Jesus. That's why it's worthless when you're ministering to an unbeliever to pick out fruit of every sin that they're doing. No, the one sin is the unbelief in Jesus. Are you hearing me? It's after you get saved. After you get saved and you sin, that's when you confess your sin. That's when you deal with an individual thing. Because I don't know if you know this or not, because God wants us to live a holy life. Are you hearing me? But that's why you never, if you're ministering to an unbeliever, you know, you don't pick out fruit of sin. The one sin is this. They, uh, they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We know they're, they're, they're a sinner by nature. That's what they do. A sinner sins. Right? That's why when you get born again, you're not referred to as a sinner anymore. You're a saint. Your sin nature has, has been washed away in the blood. The nature. But we still got to deal with the flesh. We got to renew our mind. Are you hearing me, somebody? Here we go. Verse 9. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still... Mm, this is powerful. I still have many things to say to you. Jesus said that. But you cannot bear them now. However... When He, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. I bet people just blast right through that and don't even think about what that means. And we're going to talk about that. And He will tell you, or King James says, which I like a little better, uh, He will show you things to come. He will glorify me, Jesus said, for for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you or show it to you. Now, the main reason or the main mission of the Holy Spirit. You ready for this? Number one, the main thing the Holy Spirit's job is 
is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. That is the main purpose. Write it down, mark it, whatever you got to do. That's what he's going to do. Everything he does is fit in that boundary. Are you hearing me? Well, I'm getting on that kick again. Are you hearing me? All right. <laughs> but listen to this. The Greek word. Oh, listen to this. The, so if his main job is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, what does glorify mean then? Here's where we're going to get into deeper waters. The Greek word that's translated glorify means this, to extol or to magnify. But listen to this. This is going to blow your natural minds. It goes deeper than that. It means this, to hold someone or something in your mind and imagination. Oh, you didn't follow that. You, did, I, I, you see, most we knew that glorify means that you're that he's going to extol and he's going to magnify Jesus, but I've never seen this before. That it means to hold someone or something in your mind or thought life and imagination. Powerful, powerful. That is powerful. No wonder the enemy is always trying to hijack our thought life, trying to hijack our imagination. Because he knows it's powerful. So to glorify Jesus, you must focus on him and retain him in your thought life, which includes your imagination. Now, how, let's get practical here. What does that mean? What do you mean in your imagination? How about throughout your day? Why don't you just think about some of the accounts in the word where Jesus maybe healed someone or raised someone from the dead or, or was ministering. Have you ever played that out in your imagination throughout the day? Start. Are you following me? You're retaining Jesus in your thought life. In your thought life, you can't separate your thought life from the imagination. Take anything that's in the Word of God, any of the accounts, it's fair game to use in your imagination. Picture Jesus ministering. I, I tell you what, if you will be uh, disciplined enough to do this, your, your spiritual life will skyrocket right through this ceiling right here. Amen? On my drive to church on Friday, the Holy Spirit was revealing to me another key to releasing His power, and it, and it had to do with this. As we glorify Jesus, as we extol Him, as we magnify Him, as we retain Him in our thought life, in our imagination, He is being magnified and focused on, and this, will, this is what that does. It causes our, our trials our, the, the negative circumstances, sickness, disease, whatever you're going through in life, it causes those things to look from this like this compare, in comparison to the power of God in your life. Are you hearing me, somebody? This is powerful. I, 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 was, I could tell you right where I was at. I was coming around that corner in Mayville. You know, that one right south of Mayville, I was coming around. And all of a sudden, I'm just kind of driving along, you know, and, and I'm looking at the sky and the trees, and all of a sudden, it just hit me. It's like a knowing on the inside. The Lord says, tell the people to magnify me, and it will make their problems seem small. And that's when his miracle-working power can come in and change it. That's why the enemy fights your thought life so hard. That's why he's trying. The first room that the enemy comes, when, when a negative situation happens, the first room the enemy invades is your imagination. What do we do? We always imagine the worst of a situation. 
Are you following me? Come on. But we have to, we have to take hold of our thought life. We, I mean, it, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's possible. Say possible. Say with the Holy Ghost. It's possible. The Holy Spirit spoke these words to me as well. He said, my people many times glorify and magnify the problem rather than my ability to overcome those issues. And it hinders me in that situation. That's what the the Lord spoke to me. We literally tie the hands of God. We tie everything in the kingdom of God around us, the angels of God, ministering spirits of God. We tie everything in the spirit realm when we magnify and glorify the problem rather than the answer, our Lord, and His Word. Remember, as I preached a couple Sundays ago, we have the authority to bind and loose on this earth. You remember that? Binding and loosing. It's a spiritual law. Okay? That goes for the good and it goes for the evil. So make sure you're using that spiritual law for the good. Um, See, oh, this is powerful. This is the difference between the function of the Holy Spirit and a demonic spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit, listen to this, is always trying to shift our thought life back to Jesus, right? And to the finished work of the cross. Uh, He's trying to shift us back on the spirit realm because that's where it says that we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings through Christ. Notice it says spiritual. That's why we have to get in a spiritual mindset to transfer those blessings into the natural, right? But a spirit of fear is trying to get you to shift your thought life on the problem back in the natural realm. That's what a spirit of fear does. Are you following me? All right, now, according to 2 Timothy 1.7, the Holy Spirit will give you power, love, and a sound mind, right? A sound mind is one that's glorifying and magnifying the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual reality, right? The spirit of fear then would produce the opposite. Uh, Weakness, hatred, and an unstable mind. A mind that is focused on the problem and natural realm. The difference between the Holy Ghost and the spirit of fear. There it is. There you have it right there. They're all, they're trying to get you, you're always focusing on something in life. You're always focusing on something. But what are you focusing on? That's what we got to be aware of. In our soul, or our mind, will, and emotions, our soul is the shifting point or the pivot point that determines if we're going to allow the flesh or the spirit man rule our life. That's why the word says renew your mind. Why? That's the shifting point. Are you going to let your born-again spirit take control of your life or your flesh? Go with me to Isaiah 26. I want to show you something here. Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26, verses 3 through 4 here. Take a look at. This is a powerful verse that's tucked right in to the Old Testament. All right. And it says these words. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. You will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. Now, the Holy Spirit will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on the Lord and his word. 
Okay? And here's what's powerful about that verse. You ready for this? Oh my. Put your spiritual seatbelts on. The Hebrew word that's translated mind in that verse literally means creative imagination. Don't tell me. Listen, here's what happened. Here's what happened. So what you got, you got all these occultists, witchcraft people, new agers. They've taken hold of this spiritual law of the power of the imagination. So they're always talking about the thought life apart from the word of God. So what happens is Christians get fearful. Anytime now you mention imagination, anytime you mention thought life, people are always saying, is that new age? Are you hearing me? No, 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 it's not New Age. They, new Age and them didn't create anything. They took a spiritual principle, a spiritual law, and they used it for evil. While, while the, the enemy has really done a wonderful job of getting people away from the, the true spiritual laws and what God intended them for. <sighs> Are you hearing me? The enemy has scared the body of Christ from tapping in to the power of God in these spiritual laws. So, so anytime now you talk about imagination, a lot of people in some Christian circles will be like, oh, that's new age. Stay away from them. No, 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 no. God created your imagination. Your imagination is simply the movie screen of your spirit man. You hearing me? Oh, my. And many times that's where the Holy Spirit is giving you visions on the inside. That's where he's pink elephant, pink elephant. There, I bet many of you see where you're seeing that pink elephant in your imagination right now. That's the same screen the Holy Spirit uses to give you visions on the inside. All right. So this verse points out that it's our responsibility to keep our mind, to keep our thought life or to keep our creative imagination on God above our circumstances. I I like to say it this way. I think Bill Johnson has a book. He said this. Start dreaming with God. Start dreaming with God. Any of the promises in the Word of God are fair game for you to use and picture, start seeing yourself walking in the blessing of God. Amen? Oh, I like that. Start dreaming with God. Oh, so once you begin to do that, once you begin to glorify, to magnify God above your circumstances, it's then, only then, the helper the Holy Spirit comes and you're giving him access to give you perfect peace on the inside. Start using your, your creative imagination in connection with the promises in the Word of God. Amen. I'm not going to let any of these New Agers and stuff scare us out of our inheritance. We need to stop doing that. And see, and so these are some of the things I, some of you may know or don't know, but soon I want to I start up some meetings called Deeper Waters. Get it? Living waters, deeper waters. That's where I want to start talking about more of the deeper things. Can you can you handle it? Come on, somebody. Well, put your bathing suit on in the spirit and let's jump in. Amen. Hallelujah. So the definition of glory reveals a powerful function of the Holy Spirit. He's always trying to point us back to Jesus in our thought life. He's always, uh, he's waiting for you to give him access to the movie screen of your imagination. All access. So the reality of the gospel can become reality in your life. Amen. Jesus was the game changer. And the Holy Spirit's always going to point to Jesus. 
See, there's no sense. There's no sense ministering, witnessing to someone and just saying God. No, Jesus is the name. Jesus is the one. All power has been given to him. There is no salvation through any other name than the name of Jesus. And that's why people, the, the world, they might say God, but you got to say, what God are you talking about? Now, if you're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, then I'm with you. If you're not, nope. Amen? So make sure you're always pointing to Jesus. So anytime you have a desire to talk to someone about Jesus, it's the Holy Ghost working in you. Amen? You cannot, listen, it's impossible to overdose on Jesus. You can never talk about him enough. You can never think about him enough. It's impossible to overdose on Jesus. Everything we have, spiritually speaking, is because of him. All right. So start glorifying, start magnifying, start praising, start worshiping Jesus above your trial, above your negative situation. I like to say it this way, unleash the Holy Ghost in your life. Unleash the resources of the kingdom of God in your life. He is your helper, by the way. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He's not your doer. The book of James commands us as Christians to be the doer. So I want you to notice, you take the first step, and then the Holy Spirit comes along to help. Don't, be, don't just be sitting down in your easy chair every day and every night and say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move me. Holy, unless He translates you, come on, unless He translates you like Philip, right? It's not going to happen. you got to get up. You have to do something, and He comes along to help. You're the doer. He's the helper. Amen? Amen. Don't ever forget that. So Jesus said this. This is an interesting one. Jesus said that he did the things he's seen his father do. That he would only do what he's seen his father do. And you remember that verse, right? He goes, I only do the things I see my father do. For, for a long time, that was like, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? What did Jesus mean by that? Because He wasn't seeing his heavenly father. His heavenly father was in heaven. So how could he see his heavenly father, right? Are you ready for this? Here you go. Here's a little glory bomb right here, right? This is not a salvation uh, foundation. So this is what I believe Jesus is talking about. Are you ready for this? I believe Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit giving him a vision on the inside of how to minister to each person that he ministered to. Do you see how when Jesus ministered, there was different operations, there was different functions. He, one, in one case, he laid hands on someone and rebuked a fever. In another case, he's spitting in the dirt and he's rubbing mud and puts it on the eyes. I truly believe that Jesus, remember, Jesus ministered as a man led by the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus, when he said this, when he said, I only do what I see my father doing, that the Holy Spirit was, the, the heaven, his heavenly father was given the Holy Spirit the direction and the Holy Spirit gave Jesus a vision how to minister to each individual effectively. That's why when you're ministering healing, one size does not fit all. Oh, come on. That's wisdom right there. One size does not fit all. That's why if you're going to minister healing to someone, you you really got to say, Heavenly Father, show me how to minister to this person. Because every person has a different, here it is, point of contact. 
for their healing. All right? That's just, it's just wisdom. All right? So, um, I believe that he was getting a vision on the screen of his imagination on how to minister to each person. So, our Heavenly Father gives us direction through the Holy Spirit. All right? Um, he was led by the Holy Spirit, and we are led by the Holy Spirit as well. Now, jump back with me to John 16. John 16. You, go, you all do know Jesus was baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? You, you want me to lay another glory bomb on you that you probably don't hear? People are kind of chicken to talk about it from the pulpit. A lot believe it, but they don't talk about it. Well, so Jesus was water baptized, right? We're to be water baptized, right? When he came up, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove, right? I believe that Jesus spoke in tongues in his heavenly prayer language to his heavenly Father. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? He was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus went to the mountain to pray all the time. And and it says many times he went there to pray all night. Have you ever tried praying in English all night? In your own language? After about 30 minutes, I'm about ready to lay on the couch and turn on the TV, right? I mean, come on. You get bored. But if you can... You can do it for hours. I believe that the power that Jesus walked in, not only did he pray in his native language, but I believe he prayed in tongues. And that was part of his... uh, That gave him power in his earthly ministry. Whoa, glory bomb right there. You have just experienced deeper waters with James Brandt. (laughs) Amen. Now, John 16, John 16. Man, we're having fun up in here today. All right, John 16. uh, Let's look at 12 and 13, verses 12 through 13. Let's break this down. Say, break it down. All right. So here we go. Jesus said these words, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell or show you things to come. I find it extremely mind blowing that and intriguing that Jesus said there was much more to say. But he couldn't say it at that time. But he said, get this, guys. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to show you more. Oh, I'm going to slay some sacred cows right now. So basically, Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is going to take the Word of God and he's going to expound on it. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. Man, get ready. Now listen to me very carefully about this point. I mean, are y'all listening to me now? All right. The Holy Spirit, you got to know this, will never violate the written word of God. Okay? This just foundational. When the Holy Spirit speaks, when he teaches, when he gives a revelation, it will always line up with the foundation in the word of God. Amen? Amen? Now, here's where many miss the Holy Spirit trying to teach them something. Here we go. Many Christians, whoa, many Christians use the word of God to shut out or close themselves off from deeper revelation from the Holy Spirit. Guys, listen to me. Many throw out any revelation. Here's, Here's where they throw it out. 
if a revelation from the Holy Spirit is not word for word for word in the Bible, they throw it out. Now listen to me. Don't worry, Pastor James is not going off in the ditch here. Listen to this. But here's where they're getting tripped up. Ready? This is the tripping point. Revelation from the Holy Spirit will always line up with the foundation and the principles in the Word of God. We agree on that, right? Common sense tells us that it's not deeper revelation if it's already revealed in the Word of God. Uh, Okay? Revelation means this, that it's taken a truth or a principle in the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit's giving you more insight about that thing and how to apply it in your life and in your ministry. It's deeper revelation, going deeper into the principles, into the foundation of the Word. So you can see. Don't worry, I'm sticking with the Word. I'm a Word man, trust me. Amen? Jesus told us, there is more I want to say. Right? But the Holy Spirit will teach you and reveal more to you. But it will always line up with the foundation in the Word of God. Let me give you a very practical example. All right? Here you go. The ministry of deliverance or casting out demons. This this is a very practical example of what I'm saying right now. See, Jesus did it. He told us, the body of Christ, to do it. Did He not? But there's not a step-by-step manual in the Word of God on how to do it or every situation you're going to encounter. Are you following me now? That is when we rely on the Holy Spirit to teach us how and when to do it, how to do it. We know we're supposed to, we know Jesus did. Man, he, he, his, almost his whole ministry, everywhere he went, even into the churches, people were manifesting demons. And he would cast them out right in church, right? And he told us it's going to be a sign for us that we need to set the captives free. But man, I've looked through the Word of God and I'm not finding every situation that I'm ever going to encounter on that. But many discard, here's what happens, many discard deliverance ministry because there's not an example of every situation. Because uh, the name of that demonic spirit that, w- that you'll encounter is not specifically in the written word of God. So they reject, the, they reject any revelation or teaching from the Holy Spirit on the topic of deliverance. Here's what happens. They willingly cut themselves off from more revelation on that subject. The Holy Spirit revealed this to me about this very thing. When a Christian uses the Word of God to cut off revelation from the Holy Spirit, it's like an autoimmune disease in a physical body. (laughs) I see a glory bomb revelation popping right there. He said it's like an auto... What's an autoimmune disease? It's your body fighting against itself. And the Holy, oh my, man, I feel the anointing up here. And the Holy Spirit said, when, the, when a believer uses the Word of God to cut off revelation from the Holy Spirit, it's less spiritual autoimmune disease. The body of Christ is fighting against or cutting off the Holy Spirit. It's fighting off the one that's trying to help. Mm, guys, and I got to be honest with you, there's some circles in the body of Christ 
I, I won't name them right now, but there are some, body, some denominations and whatever, right, groups. They do this exact same thing. They throw it out. But the Holy Spirit takes a principle. He takes the foundation. So you're never messing with the foundation of the word. Are you hearing me? You never mess with the foundation of the word. But he wants to take us deeper. That's why when you speak of revelation, we're going deeper into the word. Deeper waters. Amen? Higher into his presence. Deeper into his word. Amen? I guess it can go either way. Or he's taking you higher. I mean, whatever you want to, right? Either way, you're not staying in the same place. That's what it comes down to. Amen? But there are some that absolutely do this, especially on the area of deliverance. They'll fight you tooth and nail. Well, that's not in the Word. Well, Jesus told us to do it. How are we going to do it? Right? The Holy Spirit's trying to show us. Jesus said, I have many more things to tell you. I can't do it now. I'm sending you the helper, the Holy Ghost. So we need to be flowing with the Holy Spirit, not cutting him off in our life. See, we are powerless without him. Uh, Without him, the enemy has an advantage over us. Our only advantage. Listen, here it is. We need the word and the Holy Spirit. Mm. See, there's a lot of people who, who have the word, but they cut out the Holy Spirit and they're getting their tails kicked right now. It's the people who who have the Word and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to take you deeper into the Word, showing you how to apply it in your life. Amen? Those are the ones that are victorious. Those are the ones walking in the supernatural power of God. So the Word of God is so important, but so is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. We need, see, I don't know. I mean, if you really want to get to know something, you you might, if you had a question on a book, it's probably a good thing to go to the author, the one who wrote it. The Holy Ghost wrote the word of God. Don't you love the word of God? Hallelujah, man. So we need to get out of our comfort zones. See, I'm not, like I said, I'm not taking any of the importance away from the word of God. Not at all. Not at all. But don't cut the Holy Spirit off from wanting to take you deeper in your walk with God. Remember, the Word and the Spirit, we need both. True revelation from the Holy Spirit will always align. Don't ever forget it. Write it down, man. Post it. Will always align with the foundation and principles in the Word of God. And if it doesn't, throw it out. Now, here we go. Let's go on to the next. The Greek word translated helper. The Holy Spirit's our helper. The Greek word translated helper means this. One called alongside to help, or it signifies a comforter, a helper, an advocate, or a counselor. Say counselor. If you're a Christian today, you have the best counselor in the entire universe. And he's free. Because Jesus paid the price for him. Are you hearing me? Man, that's good. Thank you, Jesus. But he is our counselor. He's living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit spoke these words to me when I was typing this out right in that office back there. He said this, Many of my people are always looking for help on the outside instead of drawing from me that lives on the inside of them. No, And he said this, No lasting solution will be found in the world. Hmm. 
He's living right inside of you. If you're a Christian today, he is living on the inside. I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost baptism. I'm saying if you're born again, he lives in the, on the inside of you. Now, I highly recommend getting the baptism in the Holy Ghost because that's powerful. See, God wouldn't make it available if he didn't want you to have it. All right? I want everything God has for me. Amen? Amen. And there's a place for that. We'll talk about the Holy Ghost baptism at a later time as well. But it all comes back to the importance of your focus. All he is waiting for, uh, for you and you and I, to acknowledge him and to ask him for help and then get quiet and, uh, and, and pay attention on the inside. See, you know, you, you, there's a lot of books that are self-help. I'm not, I'm not referring to self-help because I'm talking about drawing from the Holy Spirit living in you, not just yourself. Right. We can't do anything without him. Amen? We can't do anything without him. Man, we're just a loser without him. Amen? That, we really are. I mean, that's why the Christian life, there, there's no place for pride because we stink without him. We do. We stink without him. We, do, we can do nothing. Anything good in our life is because of Jesus. And it's because the Holy Ghost. Amen? Flowing through us. Hallelujah. Oh, where am I? Uh, all right. So go to John 16, 13. John 16, verse 13. Let's look at this one here. This is a, a head scratcher for a lot of people. Let's break this down. It says, however, when he... The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you or show you things to come. I want you to notice that Jesus said the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own authority. That's kind of a, a wild kind of a statement, right? How many of you have read that and you just kind of went right on past? You didn't really stop. To, yeah, right? I mean, I did it for years. You know, I mean, I'm guilty as charged. But... Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit, listen to this now. The Holy Spirit will speak what, the, what our Heavenly Father tells him to speak and reveal what he wants him to reveal. In other words, Jesus is saying the Holy Ghost is not moving on his own accord. He's waiting for instructions from our Heavenly Father. Mm, now, that is why, here's, here, what's the practical application of that? That is why Jesus said uh, he only did what he, he seen his father doing. It was his heavenly father giving him instructions through the Holy Spirit. Notice Jesus didn't say, I only do what the Holy Spirit shows me. No, he said, I only do what I see my heavenly father. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is simply the communicator for the father. Oh, my, my, my. Glory bomb. All right. Um, that is why here's a practical application here for your prayer life. That is why we pray. When we pray, we pray to our heavenly father in the name of Jesus. That's the biblical way. Amen. We pray to our heavenly father in the name of Jesus. How do I know that? Jesus gave us an example in the Lord's prayer, right? Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He didn't say Holy Spirit on earth, hallowed, hallowed be your name. We pray to our Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. Uh, John 16, verses 14 through 15. Take a look at that here. He will glorify me for what... Uh, uh, he will glorify me for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. 
Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare or show it or reveal it to you. Man, that's rich. So the, we know from earlier, the Holy Spirit will always glorify Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus said the Holy Spirit will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now think about this. This is what I want to bring up. The Holy Spirit revealing the benefits of the gospel is glorifying Jesus. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. So when he takes and reveals the benefits of the gospel, it's, it's glorifying Jesus. And we as Christians, listen, embracing and taking hold of the benefits of the gospel glorifies Jesus. When we don't take hold of the benefits, we're not glorifying Jesus. Are you hearing me? Every time we reach out in faith, for the benefit of the gospel, this is what you're doing. You're telling Jesus, Jesus, you did not suffer in vain. You're glorifying Jesus. Jesus, all the pain, all the junk you went through on the cross. I'm going to take hold of every benefit. That glorifies Jesus. I want to take advantage of all the blessings of Abraham through Jesus. Amen? The Bible says the blessing of Abraham belongs to us through Christ. And that is why the Holy Spirit is always revealing the benefits. His job is to see that we as Christians glorify Jesus. And cutting off deeper revelation and remaining in our spiritual comfort zones do not glorify Jesus. That's why as a pastor, I'm always going to try to get you out of your comfort zone. Come on, we can do this. Right? Joshua and Caleb, come on, we can go take this promised land. Amen? Come on, we can climb this mountain. I'm always trying to kind of nudge. Come on, you can go a little bit more. Come on, let's do a little bit more. Let's get out of that comfort zone. Why? Because I know there's more. And once you get to that place, you're going to be like, man, I'm so glad Pastor did that for me. I'm so glad he pushed me. Because I want you walking in the supernatural. I want you glorifying Jesus Christ. I want you taking, uh, taking control of your life. I want you to walk in the blessings that Jesus died to give you. So church, let's not be afraid to go deeper in the Word of God. Let's not be afraid to go deeper with the Holy Spirit, the author of the Word. Amen? And in doing so, we are honoring, we are glorifying, and we are magnifying our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Woo! The Holy Ghost always wants to glorify Jesus. Oh, Father God, we thank you for your word. Woo! Thank you for the glory of God that's manifested in this place. Thank you for the glory bonds of revelation that you are taking us deeper. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I'm telling you right now, don't you dare walk out of here without making sure you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because friends, I'm telling you right now, you don't know when your last day on this earth is. We don't. You know, we'd like to think that we're going to live till we're 130 years old, but we don't know. And that, talk, that, that brings me to this point. Maybe in the past you made Jesus Lord of your life. You know, a lot of people say, well, when I was four years old, I made him Lord of your life. Come on. My question to you is this. If you died right now, right now, if you drop dead right here, 
do you have confidence and assurance that you would go to heaven for eternity and be with your heavenly Father, to be with the Lord Jesus Christ? If you don't have that, if you're not born again, or if you don't know that, come over to this side corner right here, and I'm going to pray with you after this service. Now, maybe there's someone here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. I'm telling you, it's powerful. It'll change your life. It'll change how you minister to people. He will give you boldness. He will give you strength to overcome things in your life. Man, if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, come over. I want to pray with you in this corner. Maybe you just need prayer for healing. You need prayer, emotional, physical, whatever it is. You just need to pray for a miracle in your life. You're, you're having a hard time with something. Maybe you want to pray for your family members, whatever it is, anything else. Just meet me over here in the corner. And, but, Lord God, I thank you. Thank you for what you have done today. Thank you for, a, here's what it is, for an encounter in your presence. Lord, I pray over every person right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Holy Spirit, go with them. Fill them. Protect them. Bless them. Provide every need for them. Father, we thank you for what you have done today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. Hey, Tuesday nights, the prayer conference call. Uh, the number's on the website or see any of us here. We'll give you the number 7 p.m. The prayer line, prayer call, powerful. Um, and then uh, Wednesday night, prayer here from 7 to 8. If we don't see you then, we will see you next Sunday. Get ready. Get filled. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. We're off to Winter Jam. <laughs> Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.